ever thrown you the curveball that you weren't sure what to do with? You know, the kind where you think someone should really do something about this. Have you ever thought maybe that someone is me and then found yourself on a grand adventure you never saw coming? Me too. As a special needs mom, I have been saddened by what's available to my son. But instead of wallowing in it, I decided to do something about it. Along the way, I'm meeting extraordinary people and having the most wonderful experiences I never thought I'd have. I'm so inspired by what's happening around me that I want to share it all with you. Living Your Legacy is a community where ordinary people who've been called to create something bigger than themselves can come together to be inspired, connect, learn, and live into the legacies they want to see in the world. I'm your host, Michelle Slaney Travato, and this is the Living Your Legacy Podcast. Hello, everybody. Michelle Slaney Travato here, and I wanted to welcome you to another episode of the Living Your Legacy show. In this show, we interview legacy makers and the professionals who support them, and I have a particular focus in the disability community. I love to see and hear stories of people who are succeeding, who are rising above all the things that are happening and are creating and paving the way for other people so that they might have an easier journey. And our guest today has previously been a guest and is back to talk a little bit more about this caregiver's journey and about the stuff that she and I are working on together. Now, I'd like to take a second to introduce you to my dear friend um, and fun and feisty caregiver. She's a fellow caregiver, Katie Kalmeyer. Now, I previously interviewed Katie in episode 53. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, go back and check that out. And she was so awesome. I invited her to come back for another one because there's just so many things to discuss. And frankly, I just like hanging out with her. So let me tell you a little bit about my friend Katie. Katie is a kid at heart. She sure is bursting with enthusiasm for all the exciting possibilities. And let me tell you, she can almost always find them. It's really cool when you start talking to her and her brain gets going, the things she comes up with. She imagines herself a superhero, but in reality, she's a single mom with two adult kiddos, a caregiver to both her mom and her adult disabled son and an entrepreneur. Like, wow, that's a lot right there. (laughs) With an unwavering belief that anyone can succeed, Katie collaborates with others so they can go from merely building a business to leaving a lasting legacy. And of course, for us as caregivers, that has so much bigger meaning. Her mission is to empower others, ensuring they never lose sight of just how awesome they are. I love that. Welcome back, Katie. So excited to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And yeah, hanging out with a great Michelle. <laughs> so much fun. Um, and of course, I feel super blessed because I was actually talking to Katie just yesterday. And now I get to have her all to myself again today. So that's awesome. So Katie, I want to just talk a little bit more because um, we've previously had you on about your caregiving journey. So we're going to start there. But to kind of frame up the call today, um, there was this topic that came up, an idea that really resonated with me. And I thought that this is a really good parallel story to what we're doing in our caregiving journey and what we're doing with the fun and feisty caregivers. So 
my friend Ashley Johnston, who was interviewed in episode 60, made this comment that I really stuck with me, that caregivers, we are where the rubber meets the road. Uh, we really are. When we go to meetings, it is for people to tell us the things we need to do to make sure that those we're caring for are living the kind of lives we really hope that they can live. And so we really do take that role. I'm going to extrapolate that a little further and say we aren't just where the rubber meets the road because that reminds me of tires on a street, which got me thinking, really, we're the driver of the vehicle. Uh Um, We drive, well, often we drive our people to those appointments, Uh right? We're taking them around, we're doing things. But everywhere we stop, I kind of liken this to being like pulling up to a Uh drive-thru. The person at the drive-thru is taking the order of our passengers, not always our order. There's generally not a thought or a process. People may think about it, but there's not a process to help take care of caregivers. And so you and I, of course, have talked about this a whole lot. And I wanted to just frame the conversation around this idea of being on this journey and what it's like. So let's start by having you tell us about your caregiving journey. Uh, okay. So the caregiving journey actually starts with my son um, because he, from the very beginning, I knew he was special. Um, you know, we, we all kind of in our, in our special needs children, we all see early on that they're going to need a little extra help. And it, it was no different with my boy. And he, as of this interview, he is 22 years old. Um, the world sees him as a grown man. He is a very big boy, uh, very, very tall young man. Let me put it that way. Um, but uh, the the journey actually started when he was younger. Like I said, he was slow to develop. He was slow to talk. He was slow to walk. All of those things that that in a typical child you you gauge is there are they moving forward? Are they growing? So on and so forth. Then about the age of thirteen, uh, due to some situation at home, I decided to finally, for lack of a better way to put it, have him diagnosed and put labels on what it was that made him unique. And we learned that he has severe learning disabilities. He has extreme social phobias. He is on the autism spectrum. He has major and minor motor skill uh, dysfunctions. He has sensory disorder. He has, oh goodness, I mean, the, the list just goes on and on. And so putting all of that together, now that there's a label on it, there were actually things that we could do for him that I wasn't aware were available to him beforehand. And then in late 2019, he came to me and said, mom, I think I need to see a doctor. Those aren't always the words you want to hear coming from a loved one, but we went through the process and ended up, um, my boy spent 14 days in a psychiatric ward because he was then diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, which for those of you that don't know what schizophrenia is for a neurotypical person, we know the difference between reality and fiction. We can watch TV. We can read a book. We can We can have an imaginative story go on in our mind, and then we can differentiate between when that ends and where reality is. Mm -hmm. For schizophrenics, that dividing wall has disappeared. So in our household, we really do play a lot of the real, not real. We have, Daniel has multiple triggers, which it has become a common word these days, but for Mm -hmm. in the mental health world, a trigger, and everybody can have a trigger. Not, I'm not differentiating between that, but for schizophrenics, it can be um, very bad. I'm just going to put it that way. And so we watch his triggers, and it can be anything. 
But we have also learned over the last several years to when you have a trigger show up, you have what's known as a glimmer. It's not necessarily a happy memory. It's not something that makes you overjoyed and all the rest of it. But it's something that when we talk about that, will pull him out of his spiral that he's going down. Um, we were living full time in our RV by choice. It was something that we were thoroughly enjoying traveling around and seeing everything. So when you talk about the journey, makes my heart happy. Mm-hmm. And at the time that he was diagnosed, shortly after that, um, we were set to go on another trip and he came in and he goes, I just can't do it. I can't, I can't get to that point where I'm comfortable and feel safe enough to be on the road again. So we ended up moving in with my mom. Mm -hmm. Uh, My dad passed away several years ago and she was living on her own. I needed a little extra help with him because I love him to death, but he can be a lot sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it was beneficial for her because as she's getting older, she's starting to have some some issues with arthritis. And it's not that she can't live alone, but I'm here to help in those places where she can't do things. And it's just, it's become a situation where all three of us, we work together and we support each other and we're there for each other. And so as we sit here, I am that sandwich caregiver for my adult disabled son and my mom, not that she needs the full-time care, but being able to have somebody around and know that she has that something to lean on is what gives her the independence and freedom to continue being who she is. So that in a nutshell, and I know that wasn't real short, but in a nutshell, that is my, my caregiving journey. And well, so that's for my boy. Yeah. It's, it's 24 seven. And for my mom, it's when she needs me. But. And I just want to pick up on a few threads of things that you said about, you know, you talked about typical kids and, and the word trigger, it does get tossed around a lot today. Um, for various reasons, but in our community, it has very different meanings because it can, it's not just something that really quick, it annoys me or this trigger me and now I'm mad or I didn't like that. And I, I, I don't want to talk to you now. I'm, I'm triggered. Those are phrases that I hear my younger son saying all the time. And the reality is in his case, yes, he's upset, but for my other son who has disabilities, that trigger can it means so much more because he doesn't have the capability to be able to self-regulate. So it can lead to hours of me intensely working with him or yep. days or weeks where it's literally nonstop from the minute I open my eyes till the minute I close my eyes to help him work his way through it and try to understand as best he can. So when we talk about that differentiation, that's what we're talking about. This is not a, oh, I'm annoyed. And an hour later it goes away because we have the skill set to be able to sort that out in our own minds. We're talking about situations where it is intense Mm-hmm. And it requires full-time attention and it requires every creative problem-solving ability you have to mm-hmm. try and figure out a way to help your person work their way through it because they are simply not capable in that moment of being able to do it. Exactly. And in our, you know, again, as neurotypical people, a trigger that triggers me today may not necessarily trigger me tomorrow. It might be something where, you know, I'm tired or I'm hungry or I'm hangry or any of those things. And (laughs) and that just bugged me in that moment. Right. But for our kids, Mm -hmm. a trigger can remain constant their entire lives. Right. 
right? Yeah. It could be, I have to watch out for this thing because mm -hmm. if this thing happens, I know what's going to happen on the other end of that. And it is never going to be a pleasant surprise right. <laughs> ever. I'm not going right. to be like, that was amazing. Let's do it again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, hey, you know, yeah, nothing better I, than handing you more and more medication and, and constantly saying, no, that's not real. It's not real. I promise they didn't say that. Yeah. There yeah. you go. I totally understand what you're talking about. So I just wanted to differentiate that in case the audience is listening and thinking, I don't, I don't get why that's such a big deal. Yeah. Thank and you. you also want, you also made a comment about sometimes your son can be a lot and I can hear people. And I have heard people say, that's not a very nice thing to say. Well, I want to differentiate that too. Yeah. When it's a 24 seven job yeah. that never ends. Yep it can be quite overwhelming mm -hmm. for families with neurotypical kids. At some point, your child, if your child is two and having temper tantrums, chances are at eight or 10, they're not anymore. Um, or 15, then it's a whole different ballgame because they're teenagers and like some alien absconded with them and like some <laughs> random angry person is just there in your house who's smelling hormones tired and yeah, all that. So that's a whole different ball game. But at some point they kind of grow out of some of those things. Right. And so it's not a forever experience, mm -hmm. but my son at 19 still has meltdowns right. that can look like a two-year-old's temper tantrum. Mm -hmm. Now the difference Today is that at two, he would do it wherever. Right. Um, now he is more aware. And so he doesn't always do it in public. Still does sometimes, uh -huh. but it, they still happen. And they can happen over things. Often it's where he's misunderstood something, mm -hmm. usually a social situation. Right. He's very upset and he wants to sort it out, but he doesn't understand why mm -hmm he feels he did something wrong. Like he's just not sure. And, and like, there's so much confusion. And so again, this is a two-year-old experience that I'm still having when my child is 19 as of this recording and likely will have periodically for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This isn't gonna really go away. Right. And uh, you know, again, we look at neurotypical families and your children become more independent and they start to learn to drive, which can give parents a whole set of heartaches and headaches and holding your breath moments, mm -hmm. all the rest of that. But eventually they kind of get good at it. They gain more independence. They hold down a job. We can have these very typical goals for them. Like we'd love for them to be able to either go to college or be an entrepreneur, buy their own place or rent and live happily ever after, have people in their lives they love, maybe children, right? That's kind of a typical path. And there are a lot of books written about neurotypical development. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have never seen a book about atypical development and what to expect. Right. So well, no let's get honest. You know, yeah. you know, the, the saying goes, when you've met one person with disabilities, you've met one person with disabilities. It's hard to write books like that when they, I mean, you and I both have issues with our, our sons, you know, mine's 22. Emotionally, he's 10. Mentally, he's 13 or 14. And so, yeah, we run into those issues. And thank you so much for clarifying these things, because it really does come down to point of view. Mm -hmm. Like, this is my world. And, and I forget to bridge that gap sometimes mm -hmm. with typical. And I do want to point out also that we do keep saying typical because normal 
is the setting on a dryer. And that's the only reference it has to anybody's life. I'm just going to point that out. I love that you said that. Um, you're so right because point of view is, is an important perspective. Um, I remember when my son was much younger, we were followed by a number of specialists at children's hospital. And I remember making a comment on Facebook about we're on our way to children's today thinking in my world, this is a follow-up appointment with a, with one of our specialists. Mm -hmm. And at that time we were followed by about 12 of them. So we were there a lot. And, um, I suddenly had all these people like really concerned for us. And I was really surprised by it at first. Like I'm scrolling through. I'm like, what, what is going on? And then I realized in typical families, you would only go there if it was like an emergency. Right. And so that's the perspective. They're like, oh my God, is he okay? Are you guys okay? And I'm like, I'm just seeing her special like follow-up appointment. Like this is my normal. And yeah, that's when I realized that my normal is not anybody else's normal. Exactly. So looking at it from that perspective, it's really important to kind of give people a frame of reference for the perspective Mm -hmm. that we bring when we're talking about these things. Mm -hmm. And thank you for sharing your journey and, and for sharing some of those challenges, because it's important for people to understand that it is a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a 24-7 job. There are nights that I am still up in the middle of the night. We had an atmospheric river come through and the skies opened up and the rain pounded on my house. And my son was up looking out his, out his window because he was afraid and he didn't mm-hmm. know what was going on. And so I'm up in the middle of the night saying it's the rain and we're explaining it. We're looking out the front door and putting our hands in the rain before I can get right? back into bed. <laughs> right. Like we just got to make this real and, mm-hmm. and take away because he didn't know what it was and therefore it was scary. Right. Once he knew what it was, he's like, oh, I got this. And he went back to bed. But nevertheless, it's a broken night's sleep for me. And, you know, these are sort of common, typical things that caregivers experience. Um, we don't often talk about them, except with maybe other caregivers, um, because it's just kind of part of life and mm-hmm. we carry on from there. Mm-hmm. Um So I really like that you said that. I also like that you talked about the journey and the travel and the RV stuff with your son and that you were for a while able to do that. How much fun that was, I'm sure. Quite the adventure, you two, on the road. Um, Now I want to break into the song, you know, On the Road Again. Right, right. (laughs) I would love to get on the road again. I'm, I'm waiting for that day. Yeah. Yeah. But still, metaphorically, we are on a big journey with our with our children, looking at creating for them the life we want for them to have. Now, we recognize very clearly that their lives are going to be different. Um, I my son is not going to be capable of living fully independently. He will require some level of support for the rest of his life. That's okay. I want him to live as independently as he can. There it is. Right. As he can. I want to be able to help him meet as many things in his life as he would like to be able to meet. Now, some of them he wants, some of them I am pushing for. Right. (laughs) Pushing. We're tying you up and throwing you out. (laughs) Yeah. You know, yeah. Not really, not literally. Wrapping you in in the car and saying you have no choice. Just come (laughs) with me. Um, for sure. And yes, no, not really tying them up, but metaphorically speaking, you're like, I'm going to encourage you. Often to get to where I think you need to go or you're capable of going and you just don't know that you can or are not aware. So this journey is for us lifelong, but it isn't just our lives. It's the lives of our children. 
right? It's as long as they're alive. So we have to really be planning for a journey that at some point doesn't include us as the driver, right? As, as much as I like to tell everybody I'm going to live forever, thus far, medical miracles have not happened enough to make that true. So, you know, maybe down the road it might happen, but, um, and it's a great threat to use with my kids. I'm going to live yes. forever and you are going to have to deal with that. Um, right. But truthfully, yeah. we know it's not. So we do have to be planning a journey that doesn't include us. And that's right. a lot because, you know, again, as families with typical kids, at some point, your children generally can lead their own independent lives. Right. Yep. And we no longer become responsible or fully responsible. Right. Maybe not responsible at all. They're great and they're doing their own thing and they're living their lives. And, and you know, you have your freedom as an individual back, which right. is so awesome. That's not really what we're going to get. And mm-hmm. so we can structure things to have some freedoms maybe, but there will always be a level of responsibility that we will carry for the rest of our lives and then plan for the rest of our care receivers lives. Right. So I totally appreciate that you shared that journey because it isn't an easy one. I mean, we talk about it and we're kind of matter of fact, cause it is a matter of fact, part of our lives. That's just like is um, when people ask me about stuff, I'm like, if I opened my mouth and walked you through my day, you would be very tired, very overwhelmed, and mm-hmm. may not actually want to be my friend anymore because you're like, I don't want to hear any more of your life because that's just mm-hmm. like heavy and I don't want to do that. Right. So as a general rule, I don't totally share all the things because exactly. there's so much. Right. Um, and a lot and of it, we just get so natural at doing, right? Exactly. Exactly. And do you get a lot? Because I get a lot of the, oh my gosh, I could never do that. Or, oh my gosh, you're such an amazing, strong person. Oh, and yeah. I, I understand that it's given as a compliment, but often I kind of look at them and go and reverse side of it. Yeah. I don't want to live your life either. Right. And, and not as an insult, but just thank you. I appreciate that. But this is just who I am. This is, this is the life granted. It's not the life I would have chosen, mm-hmm. but it's the life I'm privileged with. It's the, the, the life I'm honored to have, mm-hmm. to be able to give him those freedoms and those adult responsibility, you know, giving him that kind of stuff. So I agree. Um, you know, and I, I totally I just get think- what you're saying there too. I also hear you're such an angel. I'm like, no, I'm not. No, no, no. There no, are my so horns- many days. Yeah. Yeah. My horns are holding up my halo. Yeah. There are so many days where I'm like, I don't want to do this. Not one more time. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here right now. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to sort this out. I need some downtime. I don't want to be up in the middle of the night. Can't you just figure this out? Now that's all in my head. Right. Right. But, But let me reiterate too, to you and to those that are listening. That's okay. Totally is. To have those feelings, to have those thoughts, it's okay. Don't act on them. That's the key. Yes. Is if you get to that point where you are so fed up and you are so frustrated and you are so to your limit that even though you've got a knot at the bottom of your rope, you're ready to cut it off, find someone to talk to. Come find us. Mm-hmm. Come join our caregiving group. And, and yes, I'm plugging it. 
But yes, come find, go find support, go find anybody to talk to. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a caregiver, but if you can find another one and in burden on each other, there is something in that freedom of being able to just, Michelle, I love you. I've got to let it go today. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I can't tell you guys the amount of times that Michelle and I jump on a call just to say, hey, you got 10 minutes that I can gripe? Yep. Yes, by all means, bring it on, you know, find somebody, yep. find somebody that you can unburden those burdens onto yep. Because together sharing that load makes it so much lighter. It is. And it's so good to have someone who gets it mm -hmm. on a very deep and personal level. Our children are different. Their needs, some similar, lots different. Mm -hmm. But we get the lived experience, the day to day. Mm -hmm. And we get the frustrations and we get the superhuman patience that sometimes is required and we don't have in the moment, right? We get all that. So it's Mm -hmm. good to have someone to talk to. So Katie, one of the things that you did that I really admire is made a decision to be a work from home mom. (laughs) Tell us about that decision and about your business and who you serve. Okay. So I'm not exactly sure, you know, like you said, we have those days where it's like, it would be so much easier to go up to the local box store and just be a greeter than it would be to be at home. Um, yeah, I did. When when we had the first diagnosis when he was younger, um, I realized that at some point I was going to have to take care of, of my kids and myself. I do actually have two kids. Um, my oldest is off on her own, doing her own thing. And and I'm so grateful for that. Um, but yeah, I, I did a whole lot of research into to ways that I could work from home. And there are multiple companies that let you do it. And especially after the pandemic, there's so many companies that let you do virtual work, but I wanted to be able to work on his schedule Mm -hmm. and the times when he needed me to be there, I wanted to be able to be there and not have to give somebody else an excuse or a reason, or, Hey, can I have another PTO? And so, yeah, I, I created it's, it's, it's had lots of twists and turns in this journey. The, the foundation of it has been the same is I want to help others create businesses or side incomes or whatever you want to call it so that you can bring money in and have the freedom to be there for your care receiver. I wanted to build a business. I started out as a virtual assistant, um, got burned out on that really quick, turned into an online business manager, which is, which is a much more honed, type of virtual assistant. I am not a virtual assistant anymore. I don't do all of the things. I am very specific in the things that I do. But I also learned early on that there, granted, there is a ton of stuff out there to help you start a business now. When I started 11 years ago, there wasn't. Mm-hmm. I learned everything on my own. And I learned it at a very steep price too, because those experts that were teaching it were not cheap to teach it because at the time it was a very guarded secret about mm-hmm. starting a business. In my business, I want to make my stuff available Mm -hmm. to anybody who wants to start a business. So a lot of the stuff out there, it's templates to do your social media. It's templates to create eBooks and other articles that you can give to other people. It's uh, courses on how to do a sales funnel, on how to create a landing page, on how to create that that freebie um, that, that gets people in your door. It's the concept of You don't have to do all of the things all of the time, all at once. You just need to take one step at a time. And that's the whole concept behind getting you two steps ahead. As long as you're thinking forward and know where you want to go, taking that first step is usually the hardest one. The second one is always a little easier. 
Mm-hmm. So if you can just move a little bit further forward, you can actually get places. And and it is, you know, you it's the journey of a thousand steps. How does it start with one of the first very first step? How do you climb a staircase? You take it the first step at a time, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's building on certain foundations, learning how to create a structure and an automation that when you do it once, you don't have to continually keep doing it. Or if you do have to do certain steps at the same time, you already have a template and a platform ready that it's a copy and paste and it's a repeat process. And that's what Omnimedia Designs is. It's Omnimedia, meaning we talk about not just digital, but the print as well. Or if you're doing it in person or if it's, you know, all the different types of media to get yourself out there so that people can see you and you can work with your fans. You can build your fan base to the point where they're actually wanting to do the things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. So Omnimedia Designs, working with entrepreneurs and small businesses, helping them get two steps ahead so that they can build that lasting legacy because we all want to leave something behind. Mm -hmm. We all want to put our stamp somewhere and we all want to be seen and heard, even if it's not loudly at the top of the building with the megaphone, but we all have a story to tell. We all have a purpose and a reason and telling that story, sharing that purpose, making people feel good about themselves is the best way to run a business. And that's what Omnimedia Designs is all about. It's why I created the business. I love that. And I'm going to circle back to one of the first things you said, that you wanted to create a way to bring in income on your son's schedule, Mm -hmm. recognizing that for us, life can change like that. One moment, it's great. The next moment, you're dropping everything and running. Mm -hmm. Um, And also recognizing that you know, he has different needs. Right before this call, uh, Katie got a text from her son wondering <laughs> what she was up to. And so she asked for a specific amount of time so she could do this interview. And then she's going to go back and, and do whatever it is that her son needed her to do. So I love that. And that is one of the goals that I have as well, because it's really hard to be an employee and a caregiver at the same time. There's a lot of things like specialist appointments are always in the middle of the workday. Right. The meltdown is going to happen right when it's the least convenient, not when it's the most yep. convenient. Like I'm home and you have my attention. Go ahead. Have your meltdown. Now we're going to schedule that in for you. Yeah. I'll just <laughs> block off that time. Tuesday afternoon at two o'clock. Your That's meltdown's right. on the calendar. Tuesday afternoon. Temper tantrum time. Got it. <laughs> no, like it never works out that way. So we, you know, we really do. We are at the beck and call of somebody else. So although we're driving the vehicle to go back to that metaphor, Sometimes we're driving the vehicle, not where we actually want to go, but where they need to go. And so a lot of our time is spent, oh, I think I'm driving over here. Nope, I'm driving over this way now. Or I think that we're going to get on the highway and we're going to go in this direction and it's going to go nice and smooth and clear. Nope, I got to take every exit off the highway in my case, probably (laughs) because my kid has to pee. But, you know, it's like, something's come up at every exit. I got to get off and things get delayed and things run late and, and, you know, it gets really hard. Mm -hmm. And while I understand that in employer circumstances, there are things they they've got bottom lines they need to meet. They've got deadlines they need to meet. Um, you know, there are specific responsibilities that people have that need to be kept, but it becomes this such a, I guess, unbalanced yes. weight 
right? Mm-hmm. Like life yep. becomes, you just, you're so out of balance. You can't seem mm-hmm. to get traction in, in your workplace or you're hit and miss and missing things and, and constantly having to either make up time or do extra things on your own time because you missed it out there. Mm-hmm. Or there's a lot of fear around what's my employer going to say? Am I going to be able to keep this job because these responsibilities I have at home keep pulling me away? Right. And there were lots of caregivers who were saying, I wish, I wish I could work at home. I wish mm-hmm. I could work on their schedule or create my own schedule so that it works out better for me. And I don't have to feel so polarized and pulled apart. Um, I describe myself as being sometimes like a puzzle. All the pieces are there, but they're so far apart. You can't see the picture. Or right? if you're like me, the boy walks up and grabs a handful of pieces. And as you finally get to the end, you're like, it's never going to get finished. <laughs> like, where did they go? Where did they go? Totally. So yeah. I, I get that. And I could see that that's, that would, that's a real draw for people. It certainly was the, the same for me. I was a classroom teacher and not able to keep up with that. And my son's appointments and missing school. He has a seizure disorder. So there's lots of times I was called out of school to go get him. And so, you know, I just made a different decision that it was time to not be giving my life to other people's children, but to devote my life to my own. And how could I do that working from home? So I love that you're doing that. And I have actually worked with Katie and she's amazing to work with. So if this is something that is appealing to you or resonating with you, or you'd like to explore it some more, please reach out and talk to Katie, have a conversation so that you can figure out what you could do or how this could work or how could you guys work together if you're going to be a good fit. This is a great conversation to have. And of course, it's free. Katie doesn't charge you to explore together and see what's possible. Um, And I love that. you for being a part of the living your legacy podcast community in 2022 we can honestly say 2023 is going to be an exciting year we've got some new things going on that we'd like to share with you the living your legacy podcast is now offering advertising spots we found many entrepreneurs spent lots of money on advertising last year only to find that they weren't falling in front of their ideal audience we'd love to help you get your message out let's discuss this Click the link in the show notes to book a time to chat and see if this could be a good fit for you. So Katie, tell us how we can reach you for your business. So everywhere on social media, Katie Kalmeyer, the website is omnimediadesigns.com. And you can also reach me at Katie at omnimediadesigns.com. Fantastic. Now we're going to switch gears a little and we're going to talk about what drew Katie and I together. Mm-hmm. So I met Katie almost five years ago, virtually. <laughs> um, and we had this amazing conversation about our lives, our business. And of course, it came up that we were both caregivers. And immediately the conversation shifted to a very friendly, very lot of questions around how are you negotiating life and how are things and what are you doing for you and, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of stuff. And we've kept in touch. Right. And then last year, we kind of reconnected again because we were both feeling the same thing, which is so funny. We're in mm-hmm. two different countries. We do not live geographically close to each other. 
I, we, I mean, yes, COVID and the pandemic was happening. And so that was a shared experience, Mm -hmm. but deep inside both of us, there was the same calling Mm -hmm. that when we got together again, the two of us were like, someone needs to do something about this. Mm -hmm. And then we looked at each other and we're like, oh, you know, that means we're going to do it, right? (laughs) It's us. You know, if it is to be, it's up to me yeah. or us. And so the topic that we were talking about was about, again, the pandemic and being a caregiver mm-hmm. and how challenging that got, yeah. um, right? Because all of our kids' routines, well, my kid in particular, school closed, he had multiple surgeries, like his entire life was shifted upside down. And I literally described him as my shadow. When you're Mm -hmm. walking around Mm -hmm. outside, you can never ditch your shadow. It's Mm -hmm. always with you. That was what life was like inside my house too, right? I literally had this child following me everywhere Mm -hmm. um, and really relying on me to be his safety and security, his schedule, his routine. And it was taxing to say the least. And Katie and I started talking about the fact that it's hard being a caregiver and what's harder is that there's so little support for us. People care. Don't get us wrong. Right. I hear lots of times people saying, you know, I really appreciate you and, you know, we should go do something. If you ever need something, call me. I'm like, oh, I love that, but I hate it all at the same time. Exactly. I never know what to call you for. (laughs) Like, yeah. (laughs) See, we both said it at the same time. Like, you can't take care of my child. So that's not, I'm not going to get some time off there. And if I bring you in, well, it's COVID. So I can't bring you in. What are you going to do? Stand outside my house and stare at my kid in the window. So I can go have a shower. Like that's not creepy at all. Right. Um, (laughs) Right. Well, and then talk about triggers in my house, that would be a massive. Oh, in your house. Yeah. That would not go over very well at all. (laughs) And so, um, you know, looking at, at the situation, we thought, gosh, you know, wouldn't it be nice Because it's so refreshing. We've talked about this. Katie's alluded to this. When we have conversations, it's really refreshing to be able to be real. Yeah. Real about life. I don't have to explain in a lot of detail what's happening because although it may be different than what Katie's experiencing, she's had similar enough experiences to understand the toll that it can take. Right. And that we need some place that we can vent it out and be like, this is what's going on. This is really hard. I want to quit today um, mm-hmm. to somebody who gets it and yeah. can be your support and say, I feel you. Right. Right. Don't quit. I got you. I hear you, you know, and to feed back to you the things that you need to hear in order to be able to dig deep and keep going. Mm-hmm. And so in that discussion, of course, Katie and I came up with an idea. Katie, why don't you share what our idea was? Well, and I'm going to take it back to the whole journey and us being the drivers in the car. And you had talked about the drive through for our care receivers. Those times that we have to stop for gas. How many times have you stopped at a gas station and it was grungy and dirty and it smelled like gasoline and it was just not. Or other things. Or other things. And it's just not ideal. We have to stop for gas. We have to fuel ourselves. And so we wanted to be the ones that created that beautiful, serene stopover, the the rest station, whatever you want to call it, where you could come in and it wasn't just you had to fill up your tank and leave. You, You know, you had to be careful where you stepped and what you did. We wanted to create a place where you could come in and feel seen. 
feel heard and find somebody else like I found Michelle who I can sit down with and I can be, have a bad day and it's okay. And I can say, I need to just get this out. And there is no judgment. There are no harsh words. There is just, girl, I got you. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Lean on my shoulder. I'm here for you. And that is what we have done with the fun and feisty caregivers. That is our group. That is our support. That is, that is, that is the embodiment of, Mich- of what Michelle and I want to put out into the world for other caregivers. Because like she said, there are all kinds of support groups for parents with the aut- kids of autism, for um, children who are taking care of their parents. And there is nothing wrong with those groups. I am all They're for great. them. So necessary. But, yes. But there was no place for us as caregivers. We wanted to have a place generic that I don't care who you're taking care of. We want to take care of you. And we called it the fun and feisty because if you know anything about me or Michelle, we are just, we are fun. And when you snark at us, we will snark back. <laughs> we can be feisty. That feistiness will show. Those horns <laughs> really do hold up that halo. But we also wanted it to be fun because too often when we get into that, I've had a bad day, we not only camp out there, but we kind of build a house and design the homestead and we just move in. And as a caregiver, you can't move in. You can't stay in that moment of let me get this off my chest. What you need to do is get it off your chest and keep going. So we want to be that way station where you can stop. You can get it off your chest, but we're going to show you how to have fun. We're going to remind you that life is good. And even through the struggles, even through the hardships, even through the, this person is a lot, you can still find the joy and you can still be feisty without being troublesome. You can have fun without getting too frivolous. And as caregivers, we understand not being able to find the support and the help you need. We wanted to bring together other people, other experts, other other caregivers who have not only walked our journey, but have learned more things along the way. We, our last summit that we did, we had a big slew of different people that sat under our different pillars that taught our caregivers how to love on themselves, how to dress for success. In fact, one of our ladies, and it still sticks with me, and it, it's just this, this phrase that you, your care receiver never wanted to be the reason that you stopped caring for yourself. Yep. That one stuck with me too. And it, that was heavy because I had let myself go. It was more important to take care of him and my mom than it was to worry about me. And so bringing in those things that we don't always think about that or that we're struggling with, you know, how do I look for a proper home when it gets to that point, whether it's for our parents or for our kids, that's what our fun and feisty caregivers do. We come together, we build each other up, we support each other, we carry each other's burdens but we also bring in answers to those questions that maybe we don't know because looking into the future for our kids, our parents, looking into the future for ourselves can be daunting. But when you've got a team of people who can walk with you and carry you through that journey and support you and cheer you on, it makes it so much easier. Not going to be perfect. It's never going to be easy, but it can get easier. So that's why we created Fun and Feisty Caregivers. And we want you to be a part of it too. For sure. And last year, this year, 
last year, we hosted our first, I'm, I'm like so confused now. We hosted our first summit. It was a, an amazing experience for Katie uh-huh. and I to bring together speakers on a variety of topics as she's alluded to. Uh, some that you wouldn't necessarily think of as being connected to our community, but we wanted to bring in a wide variety of people. And mm-hmm. one of the things that uh, we got in terms of feedback is that people wanted more information on future planning. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty lonely journey, um, figuring out what the future is going to look like for your person, mm-hmm. um, because there's not a lot of supports out there. There's not a lot of people doing things, government, uh, agencies and funding sources, no matter where you live are mm-hmm. never enough. And the right. world is dealing with a crisis of a lack of funding and people being overworked. There's not enough people in the field. There's just not enough to go around. And so mm-hmm. it does fall to us to be really creative, to figure out what our future stuff is going to look like, to forge right. our own paths mm-hmm. so that we can use what's available, but create more to create the life we want to see for our care receivers. And so the next upcoming summit is about future planning, future planning, regardless of who you're caring for. Like, how do you transition your child maybe from one school to another, or as is my case right now, from the school system to the not school system? We are now in the adult system. We are no longer going to be going to school. What does that transition look like? How is that going to be created? Who do you need to partner with? How do you even find them? Right. Same thing for if you've got a parent that you need to look at, Katie's alluded to that, you know, do you need to look at care? Is it in-home care, out-of-home care? Is it looking at a residential situation? Is it looking at a situation where it has um, tiers of care? Like you can start out at a lower level and as your needs get greater, you can move into greater levels of care, all those kinds of things. And how can you find support and information? Because I mean, we know this information is power. Mm-hmm. The more you know, the better you can make decisions, the better you can ask questions, the better you can find the information and the resources and the people that you need. Yeah. And so that's, of course, what we want to do. And we have a future planning summit going on. We also have in pl- in mind more than just that summit. This is not mm-hmm. a one and done. We realize caregiving isn't a one and done. You attend one summit and oh, you're good. You got all the information you need for the rest of your life. No, mm-hmm. um, we don't get to park the car and say, we're done now. <laughs> Fend for yourself. I'm out. Yep. yep. <laughs> right. We get, to, we still have to continue driving the car and the road changes, circumstances change, our people's needs change, and we need to be able to address those things. So there's always a need for constant learning and growth. There's also a need for constant support. Mm-hmm. So we're very excited to be promoting that the summit series is a series and is continuing. And of course, tickets are available now. So Katie, why don't you tell people where they can go to find information about us, to get tickets, all that fun stuff. Yeah. So the website is funandfeistycaregivers.com. That's fun and not the ampersand, but the entire A&D, feistycaregivers.com. We're also on in the Facebook. We have in the Facebook, on the Facebook, at the Facebook, with the Facebook. We're on Facebook with a group. Fun and feisty caregivers. Um, and, you know, maybe language would help me as well. Um, the wording and the braining, they don't always work together. 
But um, yeah, we are funandfeistycaregivers.com and on Facebook, funandfeistycaregivers.com. And we are, we're, we're getting more and more people in there and it's a, an exciting thing. So we are going to branch onto YouTube and start to do some of that stuff there as well as Instagram. So eventually you'll be able to find us everywhere. Pretty much but, everywhere. Um, yeah, right now we're very active on the website and very active in the Facebook group. We also have an email that we are sending out regularly so that um, we can keep um, our people informed and all the rest of it. So if you're not on Facebook and you can't get enough on the website, be sure and subscribe to the newsletter so we can keep you in the loop. Absolutely. And our speakers from previous summits and upcoming summits will all have spots on there. We offer lots of tips and fun things and strategies and stuff that is for me, a lot of like facepalm stuff where you're like, oh, yes, why yes. didn't I think of that? That is so simple. Why didn't I come up with that? Like stuff like that, that mm -hmm. is literally doable. Like you yes. can take it and go do it. You're like, gosh, I can get my head around that. Cool. I can do that. Cause there's nothing worse than looking at something and thinking that's amazing. I will never be able to. Right. <laughs> yeah. We're right. also going to be offering coffee chats, which are one of my, I'm really excited about these being able to just hang out on a call, like a Zoom like this, um, and just chat and meet other people and learn to new, you know, learn other things and share those things and just find a community and camaraderie that way. So those are also in the in the the, the future, the forecast that we're looking at to bring together for mm -hmm. our people. And all that will be on our website. Mm -hmm. So again, if this is resonating with you, if you yourself are a caregiver or you know someone who's a caregiver who maybe hasn't heard this episode or seen the show, please forward the link on to them um, and ask them to check it out. Because the reality is that's a gift you can give another caregiver is to say, I was thinking about you and I saw this and this community might be just what you need. I know I would love to receive information like that. And and I have, and I'm so grateful that people thought about us yeah. enough to be able to reach out and say, oh my gosh, I saw this and I just thought of you. I don't know if it's any good, but here, here's what I found. And sometimes it's beautiful and it's amazing. And I had no idea it existed and it's so useful. Mm -hmm. Or I know somebody who could use it and I can yeah. then pass it on, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's super exciting. So if you know someone or this is you, let us help you. And, and to sort of clue up the call, I wanted to talk about, I mentioned this to Katie before we got on the, the call about a meme that I saw today and it just really resonated with me. And I want to just share it with you because it really speaks volumes to the journey that we're on and what it is that we want to see. So it was um, a gentleman who was not in his 20s. He was definitely older. Um, he was not a super fit Olympic athlete. Uh, he was completing or trying to complete a marathon, likely his first. I'm not exactly sure. And he was struggling, really struggling. He was about, I would say, 100 meters, maybe 500 meters away from the finish line. So he could see it. And he just didn't think he could get there. And it was written all over him in the video. You could see it on him that he just didn't think he could put one foot in front of the other anymore. And we all know what that feels like. And out of nowhere comes this young man. Like he literally just shows up off screen. He comes running and he comes in and he's kind of 
I would say running, but it's very loose. This guy was more like jog walking because at this point he's really not running. And this this young man comes up and you can see him speaking to him and he asks his name and then he just starts talking to him. He keeps pace with him and he just keeps talking. You can do this. Come on, one more, one more step. Put one foot in front of the other. It's right there. You can make it. I believe in you. And he's clapping and he's cheering and he's saying his name. His name was Sean. And he's saying his name over and over again. Come on, Sean. Now, Sean can't even respond. Like the pain of this, the agony is written all over him. In fact, at one point, he slows right down and puts his hands over his face and you can tell that he's crying. And this young man puts his hand on his back and kind of gives him a little gentle nudge. And he's like, keep going. You got this. And then... He starts talking to other people. He's yelling out to the crowd. This is Sean. Cheer for him. And there's the guys on the motorcycle who I'm guessing Sean was probably one of the last marathoners because they're the guys at the end of the line. And they're like flashing their lights and hooting and hollering and, and hitting their horn and clapping and cheering. And the crowd starts cheering. And you watch this man physically change. He all of a sudden, uh, you can see it. He is digging as deep as he can go to get the energy to keep going. And he does it. He starts to speed up a little bit and he keeps moving. And the crowd is, and the, the, you know, the video, it pans out to the crowd and the guys behind him. And then this little girl comes out of nowhere. And I guess they let her through uh, the barrier and she runs up and she takes his hand. And this is his daughter. And again, he puts one hand over his face and he's crying and she takes his hand and she runs with him. But this other young man never leaves his side. He doesn't stop at that point. He just moves over to allow her to get in the middle and he keeps pace. And I, he never stopped talking. I watched him more than I watched Sean. He never stopped talking to him. He just found words, kind words, encouraging words. And he just kept repeating them. And all that Sean could do was listen and keep moving. That was it. That was all he could do in those moments. And he crossed the finish line. When he crossed the finish line, the first thing he did was stop and turn around and grab that young man and give him the biggest bear hug. And he held him for a long time, probably because he was having trouble standing. <laughs> but also, you know, there was a lot and he cried and he cried and he cried. And it was so meaningful to me because I've been Sean. I've been in those moments more than I would ever like to count where I thought, I just don't know if I can keep going. I don't know if I have it in me to do what needs to be done here to make this situation keep moving forward. I don't know if I have one more creative thought in my head that I can use to create um, a future for my son. I have been him, but I've also been that other guy. I have been that other guy. I know Katie has certainly been that other guy for me who's just come out of nowhere and been like, it's literally, I'm like, are you in my head? Like she'll message me out of the blue. I'm like, how did you know today was a really bad day? She's like, I don't know. I just felt it. I needed to reach out to you. We have been that guy, that person who just shows up in your life, who breathes into you hope and possibility and who encourages you to keep taking that next step, to keep digging deep 
sometimes we show up with ideas and thoughts that maybe you haven't thought about, or we've got people that we've met that were like, you need to meet this person because they're going to be able to inspire you because they've lived a similar journey to you, or they're on a similar path, or they're driving their person in the same car where the rubber meets the road for them is so similar to you. And we want to be that guy for you. We want to be the one who shows up when you need it most to be able to fill your cup, to give you the energy and the hope to see what's possible so you can keep moving forward. That's what we are all about. That is what we are for each other. And that's what we want to be for you. So again, if this is resonating with you, if you're like, I need more of that in my life then you need to come and connect with us. Yep, Katie's waving at you. Come on over. We got you. Come on over. Be a part of what we're doing. Participate, learn, grow, offer suggestions and feedback. What do you need to know? Let us know so we can go figure it out and find people. Like, let us loose on the world. But I keep saying, let us loose on the world. Let us go find people for you because that's just really fun for us. Fills right. our cup, but also mm-hmm. allows us to be you know, the kind of caregivers we want to be in our lives and then to support you in yours. Mm -hmm. So folks, I hope you got some benefit out of the call today. I have always liked talking to Katie. Katie, we will have you back again. (laughs) You're never going to get rid of me now. Um, I keep telling her that and she doesn't seem scared. So this is good. Um, So I want to thank you so much, Katie, for coming on and sharing your story and your journey and the challenges that you've had and where you've gone in your life and the creativity you have used to be able to actually pull together and create a life and a legacy for you and your son, and you're building it day by day. And now we are looking at creating legacies for other caregivers in the world and helping them create the lives they want to see for themselves and their care receivers. I am so eternally grateful for you. Uh, I'm honored. I'm honored. Thank you. And thank you for being a part of my life too. For sure. So folks, again, check out the Fun and Feisty Caregivers, www.funandfeistycaregivers.com. Be mm-hmm. sure to check out Katie's uh, business page, omnimediadesigns.com. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Okay, cool, because I did that from memory. So that had the <laughs> risk of going very wrong. Um, <laughs> check out Katie's business site. Again, if, if what she said about creating a business really is appealing to you, then reach out and connect with her. If you've got stuff in a business that you're like, I don't even want to do that, but she just said she does reach out to her. Um, If you are a caregiver, feel free to reach out to either one of us or join our Facebook group. Come get a free ticket to our event, be a part of our community and let us care for you. And folks, as I always end our calls, I just want to remind you that Katie and I think you are awesome. Go start living your legacy today. Does the thought of follow-up give you a foul taste? Do you find yourself wondering how you can ever stand out from the crowd, but need it to be easy and convenient? With a system like Send Out Cards, you can stay in touch and top of mind with only a few keystrokes. People's inboxes might be full, but their mailboxes are empty. Reach people literally where they live, work, or play, and watch the warm fuzzies go to work for you. See the show notes for a link where you can send your first card on me.
Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Together, we can inspire more people to start living their legacy too. And let's keep the conversation going. We would love to hear all about your journey in living your legacy and support you along the way. Join our Facebook community, Living Your Legacy Podcast, where we connect, collaborate, and celebrate each other. Can't wait to see you there.